I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. I'm enjoying a coffee that you have made. How is it? Yeah, do you grind it, your, ground it yourself? I grind it. I grind it myself. How do you grind it? I'm with my grinder. I'm very good on grinder. Um, yes, it's a uh, ground coffee. It's an electric one, though. I don't do it with a pestle and mortar or anything. Oh, that's a shame. It is. <laughs> Some of the robots, old skills. Robots taking over again. Yeah, bloody robots. Um, welcome to Film Fandango. We'll be talking about some films again this week. Uh, specifically ones in the cinema, actually. A double bill of one of those rare occasions when two films come out that are almost identical in the setup, but very different in the delivery. Uh, like Ants and Bugs Life, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, what are the ones then? Uh, well, you went to see The Nice Guys, yeah. which is Shane Black's latest, and mm-hmm. I went to see The Trust, which is uh, Nicolas Cage, Elijah Wood, in a very similar feel to oh. a uh, buddy movie. But we'll get on to that, we'll get on to that. You went to see The Nice Guys. Yes, I saw the trailer of this, and the trailer looks really, really awful. So I thought I'll, uh, I wasn't particularly looking forward to it because I was quite reticent about seeing Ryan Gosling do comedy. And, you know, comedy with Ryan Gosling. And Russell Crowe. Yeah. I'd be more reticent about seeing Russell Crowe do comedy, to be yeah, honest. which is quite a very odd choice. Yeah. And the trailer, there's no laugh-out-loud moments in the trailer, I didn't think, so I thought... It was a bit screwball, the trailer, for the yeah. genre, wasn't it? Because it, it looks a bit sort of L.A. Confidential style, you know. Well, it's very 80s, sort of, but it's got its... Uh, I went to my girlfriend's sister, she's a bit like Inspector Clouseau. Here's the revelation. Ryan Gosling it still maintains God's status. He's even really? elevated it. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us what this film is about? The Nice Guy is, not guys, is about two... Uh, uh, private detectives in the uh, 1978 the year is um, Russell Crowe is just more of your sort of uh, hard man who just gets paid to beat people up whereas Ryan Gosling is a detective with a 13 year old daughter and a a drink problem Uh, they end up working together on this case to try and find this missing girl Yes. Plot-wise, it's there are huge plot holes. Things that don't make sense. <laughs> That's a shame yeah. because it, it, it's the latest film from Shane Black, isn't it? Who was who? If there's anything he does well, it's 
slightly down on their luck law men um, who are a bit close to being criminals themselves. Like yeah. he did lethal weapon yeah. and then kiss kiss bang bang again. Such an uh, actually odd pairing of Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, but it works. It really works. But well, this really works primarily because Ryan Gosling is absolutely brilliant. There's a scene where he's on the toilet speaking to Russell Crowe uh, in the toilet, and it, I've laughed out loud six or seven times during this. Okay, it's a really good sign. I was amused all the way through. It sort of loses its way in terms of they do some odd things and make it's quite difficult for a film with a slapstick theme to it. Yeah, to maintain itself for. That length of time it did. For, yeah, it's one hour fifty six, which is very long. For it a, is for for a, a comedy. I feel they should have shaved could have shaved twenty minutes of it. Is it um, is it violent as well? It's moderately violent uh, and gory. Um, but uh, the daughter in it, a girl called uh, Angori Rice, who plays Ryan Gosling's daughter, is brilliant as well. And really likable for a kid. A really rare thing to have very a really likable um, kid actor. So it felt a bit. She felt a bit like the girl in Inspector Gadget that comes and you know Penny. Yeah, Penny. Who helps him solve all the crimes? So it okay. felt a little bit like that. And was Ryan Gosling a bit like Brains, the dog? No, Ryan Gosling was all over the place, but was just phenomenally lucky in everything he does. So it, it, he's just a down out sort of. Bit. His his wife uh, died, and he's just uh, going struggling to, to get stage. by. Yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe doesn't really play it for laughs. I mean, this is Ryan Gosling's film. Okay. It really is. And Russell Crowe's just there. He can't do comedy, but you don't need him to. Anyway, it's quite nice to have the straight man. Yeah. And... Well, they don't get much straighter than Russell Crowe because he doesn't seem to have a sense of humour even about himself. You know, he's, he's incredibly sort of... Well, famously so... You know, if anybody says anything out of turn, he immediately takes offence. We well, just say, "Oh, come on, mate! But you've already won. You're Russell Crowe. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to have such a thin skin." But yeah, this is another example of how films in setting films in 1978. You've got th- you've got other jokes you can't. You know, there's no hassle about mobile phones explaining yeah. that business. There's no bits about the internet. To I explain think crime things. films were yeah. better. Before the turn of the you can't millennium, can't really do it now. I think we're going to see a whole wave of crime films set in the sort of eight latest is the night. Well, the twentieth century. Yeah, you, you know anything from uh, anything from the First World War onwards. Really, you can have great crime stuff because yes, you get fingerprinting is fun. You know, uh, Victorian stuff is a bit too arcane to be truly fun unless you have some of your Sherlock when Holmes. When did CCTV come in? Well, I don't... Mid-90s? I mean, it depends. It'll have been that thing where places had it in the 80s, but it was very rare and in huge cameras and very expensive. But it's the miniaturisation of cameras that is the thing. So, yeah. 90s, yeah. So, basically, what's ruined crime? Mobile phones, the internet, CCTV, yeah. DNA have really killed yeah. crime drugs. Fingerprints, fun. Yeah. Because you can wear gloves, right? Yeah, gloves. DNA, then. you have to wear a full body condom mm. to not put... And I haven't seen that film. Full body condom. That could be another one. <laughs> Where it's a it's a murderer who never leaves a skin flake. So much of the hair follicle. And they well, go, how is this possible? Well, Seven was famous for he, uh, uh, the character in Seven. He'd cut his fingerprints off. Yeah. But they, that's been used many times since, hasn't it? That's yeah. pretty much par for the course. If you're a murderer now, you always cut your fingerprints off. 
such a hassle. It really is. Because they grow back. You know, they do grow back exactly the same. Clean up a body, and then yeah. you've got to, or you get fake, or you have to put a rubbish plot in where they somehow have got someone else's fingerprints on their own or something weird. James Bond uh, did that. Q Branch gave him fake fingerprints that you lay over the top. I'd seen. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I think they're peeling them off, and uh, Sean Connery's going ingenious. Um, uh, I really enjoyed there's a, this film's got a really great feel to it it's really lovely it feels very sort of LA 1970s they've really got that t- I don't know how much of it is realistic they go into parties with just with, with porn actresses and, and the daughter comes along right sometimes I think after the start Ryan Gosling's character became a bit too stupid a bit too spoofy mm. at points yeah and that's when it lost its realism. It's such a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. Between, oh, he's just playing to the camera now, and if there's a camera, this isn't real. You know, and you do... It, it's such a little fine balance. I between... think when it, when it looks like he's trying to be funny, mm. it's not funny. But when, yeah, he's yeah. Acted, when he's his, he's frustrated and things are going wrong, it was really funny. But I think when there are bits which were definitely, like, oh, here's a joke, as if it's watching a comedy film, yeah. that's when it loses its way. It's why cat videos are so popular, because they're never trying to be funny. In fact, more than anything, they're trying to be dignified. Cats so... and courgettes. Hilarious. <laughs> a courgette is never trying to do it for laugh. Yeah, one of the best things. Everyone's seen it. Basically, cats think cats thinks, cats think courgettes are snakes. Yeah, put that have crept up on them. Absolutely brilliant. I'll tell you what, Marek, two weeks ago, um, as I was walking through the woods from uh, the Kong's victory at the Wolfsball World Cup. Um, well, yes. Uh, we uh, passed a snake on the path. You're joking. No, it, but it was a grass snake. There's only one, I think, one poisonous breed of snake in Adder, Britain, yeah. which is the adder. But no, it was a grass snake How about, big was it? about wow. that long. And it was right across uh, the path. That's really uh, rare. It, it reared up a bit when it, it got a shock that we were green. Along. Was it really bright green? Or no, was it... it was sort of um, pale green, between green and brown. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. It was It was cool. It was just yeah. like, oh, what's that? Oh, hello. Snakes are very odd when you see them. But I think you're used to seeing them in, um, well, the only time you see them is in zoos. So when you ever see them in, in yeah, the yeah. British wildlife, it's very odd. It feels quite alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so nice guys. Worth, worth going to I'll see. I'll give it a high eight. High eight. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of these I wanted to see. Um, Ryan Gosling is uh, is such a talented man, and everyone. If you don't like Ryan Gosling, I'd be interested to hear why you don't like him. Well, I'd be interested to see this one for that very reason because people have accused him of just doing nothing. You know that he's a he's a pretty man who just is lit well and the music's doing all of the work, but you can't do that in comedy. You can't do nothing in comedy. It doesn't Brilliant. work. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, no, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Shane Black. I think he's he does excellent work. He's a great buddy, a great buddy, Phil. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. You know what? I think it's time for this. Someone's written it. Here is what they said. I'm going to read it out. This is what I read. Someone's written it. Here is what they said. I'm gonna read it out. This is what I read. Someone's written it. Here is what they said. I'm gonna read it out. This is what I read. That was a new jingle from Ben Evans. (laughs) Thank you very much, Ben. 
Uh, We're really, really pleased. He's written, um, uh, hello there all, me again. Please find the touch your new jingles requested. Uh, I probably should add something about films in this email, but I haven't watched anything since my last email. (laughs) Keep watching the films, Ben. Thank you very much, Ben. Ben Thank you. Uh, Yes, who's written in and what do they want? Well, I don't know which jingle I prefer. But here is the letter. It'll be a surprise for our listeners now which one's going to come out. Dan Bremner. Dan Bremner. Where do you start with a podcast plus the guest? Hi, can you read this out in the accent of a Swedish plumber? No. (laughs) I've been listening for a little over a year now and I write films in a poorly written blog called The Most Reviews. I was wondering, where do you even start making a podcast? What equipment do you need? How much does it cost, etc.? I'll also mention a film to check out from 2014 called The Guest, which is on Netflix, starring Dan Evans from Downton Abbey, who plays a Marine who, who goes to the family of a dead friend, claiming he's there to help them. But there's something seriously wrong with him. It's fantastic, fun, 80s mixture of genres. Think Drive meets Bourne meets Terminator, complete with John Carpenter's Synthie-style... Uh, Cynthia Score. It also stars the gorgeous Maker Monroe, who starred in It Follows. Many thanks, Dan from Guildford. Um, well, that sounds great, that film. Was right, the guest. Right? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of what, where do you start with a podcast? Well, you need, uh, you don't really need anything. I mean, we've got some decent recording equipment, uh, but slightly decent. But you can just do it on a laptop microphone if two people are just talking to each other, I suppose. And you can always release it. Uh, you just need to find. You, I mean, there are services you can pay for monthly to host these things. That's the main thing: is hosting the MP3s, isn't it? I mean, because it's they need to stay up there forever, and it's cumulative, so it ends up being rather a lot of space. But um, we are with a hosting service called Acast, who we have a deal with them that they get to put advertising on the front of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. There's there's plenty. We used to be on a thing called Libsyn, and before that we were with Absolute Radio. <laughs> and uh, that is a scale of quality, I'd say, <laughs> in that direction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just do it. Just do it, mate. Google it. I think you, the equipment everyone needs to use for sound recording is a Zoom H4n. I mean, that's the one that's... we've got, and it's the sort of mid-range Zoom. Zoom do fantastic all-in-one uh, hard drive like flash cards uh, with a mixer on uh, so many options and you can plug external mics into it Zoom do fantastic ones but the H4 uh, uh, H4n is sort of affordable and then and the Tascam do also do good yeah. audio as well and we won't talk about this for much longer but uh, there is a free sound editing uh, piece of software called Audacity that is very very good can do everything you need you don't need to spend enormous amounts of money on sound editing gear if you just do a few YouTube tutorials on how to use that um, so there you go, uh, the guest let's let's look out for that, stick it on that list we don't have of all the films people test yes. um, also I should do a shout out to um, the Arnithology it, it another podcast, it doesn't it doesn't eat into ours it's fine, no. it's some listeners who do a film all about um a watching Arnold Schwarzenegger film, which we could talk about that in depth. How many Arnold Schwarzenegger films are there? Quite a few, but they, they've done. Um, the, I listened to the Terminator one. I really enjoyed. It's called At the Arnithology, so check them out. Um, sounds good. It's, it sounds niche. Um, I like. I like he's I like done the sixty films so far, so um, oh, he's got sixty credits to his name. So it can last. And some of those will be video games, so they've got a year in them before uh, they need to switch. Well, you know, the world might end by then. That's no, true. 
Do you want to read the next letter out? I'd love to read. Um, here is a letter. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. This is from Brian Dodds, and he's talking about pretentiousness. He says, Hi, guys. Love the show. I'd love for this to be read in a tired, frazzled parent voice due to my... Uh, Due to my new circumstances in life, basically I've got a year and a half old baby, so my cinema going has almost disappeared. Oh, no. Okay, right. Uh, Tired parent. I now rely on your podcast to inform me, probably unwisely. I was looking for something to distract my hyperactive toddler that was different to Peppa Pig and recorded the genius films of Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbour Totoro and Ponyo. Please tell me, am I a pretentious tosspot? Cheers, Brian Dodd. Brian Dodd. Um, well, those are the uh, Studio uh, Ghibli, Ghibli films, which, uh, for those who love them, uh, Spirited Away was the f- first famous one that sort of got everyone's attention. There were a couple before that, I think, though. But they've, they've closed as a studio. They're not making anymore. Um, but... I've heard good things. I've not seen them. They're they're weird, but I they are not, beautiful. I did not house moving cars. So I, I haven't seen it. Was um, Grave of the Fireflies then? Because it has a similar feel, but maybe it's not. It's a bit too literal. Maybe I just not. In, I just don't really enjoy the whole the Japanese aesthetic. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's, Akira it's very I really different. loved. Sure. Which is amazing. It's the, Akira is sort of their equivalent of eighties Saturday morning cartoons, isn't it? Akira. Is it not? No. Akira is the amazing. Um, I thought it was like big hair motorbikes. Is that not Akira? Yeah, but it's like a really violent. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh no, yeah. I've only ever seen posters. You see, I've sort of made. Oh, it's phenomenal! Akira is really, really good. Okay. Um, but I, I don't really, and the detail in the in the in the animations incredible. But I don't these these seem. I don't. I didn't really like Howl's Moving Castle, which is a bit too weird. Spirited Away, I watched and I did really like. I thought it was okay. sort of fascinating, and it's so it feels like a. A very small window into a, an immense amount of sort of other mythology that we have no idea about, and that yeah. that just felt quite interesting. I thought, you know, steeped in different stuff, but I don't think it's pretentious to like something. Like it's pretentious to pretend you like it because you think it makes you look cool. Yeah. Um, if you like it, great. Um, so yeah, go about your business. You're, you're tired. Get some sleep, mate. You're overthinking it. Here's another letter. Okay. Please read in the style of Christopher Walken. No. This is from <laughs> Dan Rogers. It's that now standard. Yeah. I can't bother to do any more impressions. Oh. Hi, guys. With the seemingly never-ending stream of franchise reboots, what films do you think should have a preservation order applied so they can never be remade? That's a good question. It's a very good question. My choices would be Fight Club, Seven, and Donnie Darko, although I'm sure at least one of them is already being made as we speak. Why does the entertainment industry insist on reimagining something that was perfect to begin with? Keep recording the podcast, Darren. I would say that, for me, the ones that are untouchable should be the ones that are so perfectly of their time that to remake them would inevitably be soulless. So immediately comes to mind, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Would be okay. so charmless if it wasn't cell shaded animation and of the time. You know, it's it's just it's a beautiful film. Yeah. And it's because it was the cutting edge of technology. It would not be charming with CGI. Leave it alone. I would also say uh, to the same end Labyrinth, because it was David Bowie and Jim Henson, their powers combined. And yeah. I don't want to see that messed with with a whole epic CGI goblin city. It would be awful. 
Um, it, e- E.T.? I, I was never a big fan of E.T. I don't see... A, I don't really see the need to remake anything, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, unless the film had potential but was shit in the first place. But they don't remake those ones because the reason they're remaking it is because they can cash in on the success of the previous one. I do think those choices are very good choices. Uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, I, I like the idea of ring fencing them, but of course the people who own the intellectual property can ring fence them. They can go, "You can't have this." Yeah, and they don't. They all choose not to. Let's read you one more letter. Sure. This is from uh, uh, Do- uh, Dominic. This is from yeah, just Dominic, and he wants to talk about a film plot game. Okay. Uh. Dear Marek and David, firstly, if you decide to read this email out on the podcast, we have, I'm not going to request an accent, thank you, other than to say that whoever reads it out should pick one that they like doing. I enjoy doing my own. I was listening to the Sound of Cinema podcast from Radio 3 today, which I recommend to everyone for plenty of snippets from great movie soundtracks. On the episode I was listening to, the host mentioned a famous short description of a movie that was once published in a TV listing in the newspaper. The listing was, transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first woman she meets and then teams up with three complete strangers to kill again. The listing was, of course, The Wizard of Oz. And it got me thinking that it would make for a good game. The recasting game only happens when there is a guest with you. But how about you or the listeners coming with alternative descriptions of movies in a TV listing format? Roughly 25 words seems about right. Maybe one at the end of an episode and the answer given the next episode. Or a session where you come up with with some for each other to guess. Just a thought, and no problem if you ignore this email. I thought I'd come up with one myself. A struggling and stressed writer takes on a second job to support his young family, finding other like-minded souls. His wife and son disagree with his motivation. Uh, What do you think that is? Do you want to hear it again? A struggling writer. A struggling and stressed writer takes on a second job to support his young family, finding other like-minded souls. His wife and son disagree with his motivation. Goes and counts as the third kind? No. Is he writing? What is it? The Shining. Oh, of course it is. Anyway, keep up the show. And Marek, don't listen back to your shows and critique your own contributions. Your lo- your audience loves you, or we wouldn't keep coming back for more. All the best, Dominic. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's nice. That's a good idea for a game, though, isn't it? It is quite good. Can you come up with one off the top of your head? No, we we'll have to do I have to prepare. Okay, okay, fine. I would say we, we try and read out... Um, uh, uh, most letters occasionally if we don't read out your letter it's due to our incompetence of uh, yes it's def- not filing all the emails properly so if you have we have uh, apologies we try to get them eventually but a few occasionally if you get we seem to get uh, about a load of 10 and then none yeah but please do keep writing because we do read them more and we do appreciate them yes thank you and if you'd like to write to us then go to filmfandango.com and fill in the contact form there and then we'll get whatever you want um, uh, or if you want to go the super secret way the old fashioned way the old school way uh, which for instance would be more useful for sending us jingles then you can email dearfilmfandango at gmail.com but mostly just use the website it's easier um, also I should probably say at this point we do all of this for free so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs and to those of you who have thank you very very much you can also find the links for that at filmfandango.com yes thank you everyone who keeps uh, who donated to keep us going we really do appreciate it and that's the reason we're still here hello uh, I've seen a film that came out the same week as The Nice Guys Trust 
Trust. The trust. The trust. The the trust. It could be called the trust. The age of Nicolas Cage these days, but it's the trust. I know nothing about this film. Well, neither did I. And it, it, I got. I watched it because I couldn't go to the cinema this week, and it was. But it was one on simultaneous release. You're a bit of a Nicolas Cage completist, aren't you? Uh, A bit. A bit. I I enjoy his films, although the only film I've ever turned off because I didn't want to finish it was a Nicolas Cage film, which was Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Watching Nicolas Cage film is equivalent of putting your hand into that weird oak tree in Flash Gordon. Sure. We never know what if you're going to come out alive. It's exciting. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah. And if you do it successfully, you gain the trust of Timothy Dalton. But if you don't, you die. (laughs) That's right. That's what they You die and have to host Blue Peter and then gradually fade into obscurity. Well, you ask Timothy Dalton to kill you because you don't want to, the madness to come. Yes. Um, yeah, I saw The Trust. Now, the reason I say this is uh, similar to Nice Guys is that it is a buddy movie with a, a very Shane Black-style tone of dialogue to it. It stars Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood as two cops who are cops, but they're on the fringes of legality. You know, well, sort of dodgy both cops. Real, both are quite weird actors. Well, I, you know what? I didn't have much hope for it, because I was like, I enjoy Nicolas Cage when he's on form. He does, he, but he also picks a lot of shit. Elijah Wood, I don't really like that whole Frodo Baggins thing he does of just sort of looking helpless a lot and being a bit whiny. And you know what? He really surprised me because his character in this is so nihilistic. He doesn't give a shit about anything. And he's really fun. Really funny. And the two of them together are great because Nicolas Cage is doing proper, like, how eccentric is he? Is he slightly eccentric or what's, is he. What's the story? Mad? Okay, so they're two cops who um, start basically doing for. Philanthropic reasons, actually, a bit of extra extracurricular police work because they have n- noticed that this, these drug shipments uh, are potentially going to this one location, uh, and they're going. We, d- we don't have enough evidence. It's just a hunch, so we we can't sort of do it. But so Nicholas Cage engages the help of Elijah Wood because he knows him to be sort of slightly dodgy as well, willing to go behind the rules. And they end up discovering, they think, that there is a vault in this, I think, like, laundry or something. But they don't know what's kept there. But because of the way it is, they go, it's got to be big. Whatever's in there, it's Mm. got to be big. And so, because no other cops know about this, and nobody knows they know about this, they end up deciding to heist the vault themselves. Cops gone bad. Rogue cops. Rogue cops. Rogue cops. And for the first half, it's genuinely funny. Like it's it's great. And and Nicholas Cage is on form, and there's some good uh, guest turns from other people. And it's it's weird, and everyone's a bit unhinged, and it's really different. You know, it's the dialogue is good. It's genuinely good. And sadly. Uh, in the it turn- everyone dies. No, no, no. I don't want to spoil it because it is it is worth watching, but it just it falls at the final hurdle in that it 
forgets it's supposed to be fun as it gets bogged down in its fairly generic thriller plot at the end. And so everyone goes serious. Elijah Wood's Frodo Baggins uh, character comes out again. Oh, the curse of Baggins. As, as, the, as the stakes get raised, he loses that character's personality. It's really. quite short. It's an hour and a half. So it's yeah, quite yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a short film. Um, and it ends up, I think, going down routes that we weren't that interested in. You know, uh, mm. like about the characters and what they truly believe in and what their relationship with each we other don't really is. We know about people. Well, we films. might do, but it's that's not the film that we'd been watching for the first half, you know? And so it sort of finds its way into this, I think, slightly boring place by the end. What, but, what do you think the IMDb score was? Out of how many? Ten? Ten, yeah. Uh, well, that's voted for by people who watch it, isn't it? Yeah. Six? 5.4. There you go. Good. There you go. Um, I think I'd give it a six. It is, but it was. It had su- such potential at the beginning. I was going, oh, oh, hello, this is interesting because it's it's got those elements of like bad lieutenant that Nicolas Cage played, but, yeah. which I didn't enjoy. Actually, I didn't enjoy his bad uh, lieutenant. Like you were saying with Ryan Gosling, uh, occasionally when he's trying to be funny, I found bad lieutenant to be Cage trying to be mad. And yeah. he's so much more enjoyable when he's trying to be normal. Because he's mad and he's anyway. still yeah, mad, yeah. you know. Um, it, it, this, it's got some... It's it's worth a watch, but only on telly, i Simultaneous say. release is a bit of a bad sign, isn't it? It usually means that they don't have the faith in it. Yeah, yeah. Because, which means they're not going to give it a massive publicity push. How did you find out about it? Uh, literally browsing through Blinkbox, and I go, "Oh, Nicholas Cage, what's that?" And then look at it up on my phone, you know. But um, it, they've started doing a thing where it says at the bottom of the, you know, the image, it says in cinemas now. So oh, yeah. okay, so you know it is brand new and everything. But no, there's that. It, there is an 80s feel to that sort of... Uh, is it set in the... What, no, no, it's set now. It's set now. Um, but they managed to get around, you know, everything we've talked about by... It oh, being... there's no signal here. That camera's not working. Oh, my fingerprints have fallen off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in a massive condom. <laughs> Huge condom. The, the two of them. The heist in, the, in, a, in a double condom. Yeah. A double man dom. I wonder what their next thing will be. The next big crime. Uh, what do you mean? The next big thing to, to tell people, there'll be chips and everyone, see, won't there? Yeah, well, the the thing that apparently state intelligence services are terrified of is a cyber attack on a country, which is mm. bloody boring to do a film about. It's just like, oh no, China have released all of our financial details of everyone on, in Britain online. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now what happened? What was uh, the one? The good, the one I watched the other week, that new, that thriller. That was quite interesting. That was very 2016. Um, what was it called? My brain is so addled. Alan Rickman's very oh, last Oh, Eye in film. the Sky. Yeah. That could only have existed in 2016. So there yeah. will be new films. Of course. Of and they, they are all the better for it. That you know Because, well, for no other reason than this can't be a remake. Yeah. It's got to be brand new because it's a new idea and that that helps doesn't it when technology takes a leap forward suddenly you get a load of new stories I just think oh, if you've got a car or anything from the 1980s 
don't throw it out because some film people will want it for their... They're really going to want it. They're going to want it for their film set soon. What car did your parents have in the 1980s? A, my dad had a Rover and my mum had a Renault. Rover's a sensible family car to keep your kids safe, isn't it? Yeah. And Reliable. A, an, old, an old Renault was probably... That was actually in the 70s. My parents had a bright orange Saab. Oh, Safe cars Progressive well. Yeah yeah But bright orange is a bit weird isn't it? Yeah that's too much I think it was second hand Well why not think about Your old cars <laughs> Just have a think uh, Right now In a segment we call Car meditation Yeah Well that's it then isn't it Yeah that's it for this week uh, We'll be back next week With more films But in the meantime Keep, keep watching, watching the films, films. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.